I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast. It's now a video cast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipson, Radio.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. And we're going to take a look at how we did for you and look at this week's games too and who's trending and a brand new feature called Ask the Quarterback. Each week, we select a fan who writes in to ask Eric a fantasy football-related question. We'll bring the fan onto the video podcast to ask that question directly. Now, you could be that fan. All you have to do is email me at brillpro at gmail.com. That's brillpro at gmail.com. You can see it right there at the bottom of your screen. And uh, just send us an email. We'll chat it up a little bit, and we'll get you on, and you can ask Eric a question. So how did we do for you? Now, we like Dak Prescott. This 502 yards and four touchdowns was super. Tom Brady. Five touchdown passes. You had to like him. You liked uh, you liked Teddy Bridgewater. He was solid as well as Josh Allen with two more TDs. Lamar Jackson wasn't great, at least not the start against Washington, but he did have a long touchdown run. And we liked Kyler Murray with three touchdown passes. Now I said Deshaun Watson would come back after a slow start. And he did, but again, uh, not a great start. He had 300 yards passing, which looks like a pretty good day for a fantasy. Now you like Joe Mixon. And all he did was go for 151, a pair of scores on the ground, and six catches added another score. Melvin Gordon and Dalvin Cook both went over 100, a pair of TDs each. I really liked Antonio Gibson, the rookie. He had a good day. Ronald Jones rushed for 111 yards, caught six passes. On the receiving end, we thought Odell Beckham would pick up, and he did, albeit with two rushes for 73 yards and a touchdown to go along with his five catches for two more scores. Since Dak had a great day, so did Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. Mike Evans was strong, as were no less than a dozen other receivers who all went over 100 yards. Now, you love Darren Waller, who had nine catches for 88 and led all the tight ends. Trending up this week. Now, trending up, we have CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, Odell Beckham, James Robinson, Joe Mixon, Melvin Gordon. Also, to Ernest Johnson, who came from out of nowhere, he gained 95 in relief of an injured Dick Chubb in Cleveland. Trending down this week, Adrian Peterson, Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson, David Johnson, and Nick Chubb. So uh, give me your thoughts on the week, Eric. Well, um, <laughs> I never thought I'd say this, but the Browns are back. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. And I think that's in part uh, primarily to Kevin Stefanski and his influence, not only on the team and the way he leads them, the way he guides that entire offense and defense, but especially his influence on Baker Mayfield, who I'm sure a lot of you notice, especially in fantasy football, how he's not making big turnover mistakes anymore. He's not holding on to the ball and taking sacks. He's being inefficient. He's not getting great fantasy football numbers. But in terms of wins and losses, you know, he's doing the things necessary for his team to play consistent football and, again, not turn the ball over and always put themselves in a position to be successful. And here this week they put up a bunch of points against the Cowboys. Uh, I think another thing that uh, stands out to me is they kind of remind me of the Chargers, the New Look Chargers this year in that they take care of the ball. It doesn't seem to matter who is running the ball, but the offensive line does such a great job for the Chargers, but also for the Browns now. And, uh, and I think those two teams are starting to be more consistent uh, uh, and putting up better numbers and wins and losses as well. The Chiefs obviously are what they are, and they're almost turning into this decade's Patriots. You know, remember back in the day when we used to say that Patriots have so many ways to beat you? Well, that's now the Kansas City Chiefs. They seem to have an answer for everything, including Bill Belichick and what he tried to do to them defensively. 
Uh, I think the one guy also, or the other team that stands out to me now lately is the Carolina Panthers. And as you mentioned before, Teddy Bridgewater had a great game, not only pa uh, passing for a couple of touchdowns, but had a very nice run, also scoring another touchdown as a rusher, because he's also a guy that gives you rushing yards. And I think uh, he's now someone that you can rely on, especially in fantasy football, as a guy, especially if you have a quarterback that's got maybe a tough opponent, he's somebody I think you can start in the lineup and do well for you. And then Christian McCaffrey's replacement, Mike Davis, also had a good game for the Panthers running the ball and also provides them some receiving options as well. Well, you know, we had our first COVID week with the Steelers and Titans game moved to later in the year. There was a, a bye week, basically. So if you have your fantasy team, what you did this week is you basically, the guys that you had that would be on a bye kind of moved up. And so your bye week is going to be later. So that kind of throws things into a little bit of a flux, but it's handleable. Uh, that's for sure. Now, this week showed one thing to me. <laughs> You're going to laugh at this. If your team is loaded with players from one team, i.e. the Steelers, you really have to have some good backups. I normally have five Steelers in my lineup, and it's Ben, Connor, uh, Juju, um, uh, um, a kicker, Boswell, and occasionally I'll have somebody else in there. So four to five, anyway. So I had to go to the waiver wire to replace my kicker, Chris Boswell. Now, I won my game, barely, but I still because I had good backups. Now, it's something you want to really look at during this very strange period, which is why in my league, what we did was we went to three-player IR. And I think it was a good move for our league. And I think it's a good move uh, for other, other leagues to do that because you just don't know with this COVID situation what's going to happen. Now we come to our regular feature, Ask the Quarterback. It's brand new, and today we welcome in Chris Conti, a high school teacher from Oxnard, California, who's in four fantasy leagues. Chris, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, been part of fantasy for quite a while. So yes, four teams. Uh, I don't spend a ton of time on it, but enough uh, that I have to stay up on things. Um, yes, I've been a teacher for 25 years. You're seeing me in my classroom. Uh, as you see, no students, uh, remote learning this year. So <laughs> it's a little different, a lot different for me because I've been a teacher now for 30 years and uh, not having students is very difficult. Um, but uh, other than that, I'm very involved with sports. I'm the soccer coach here at the school, even though we might not have soccer this year. Uh, I've coached everything, you name it, uh, at, in the high school. Um, you, uh, my understanding, in our pre-production meeting, you were telling me that uh, you were also uh, did, uh, or I don't know if you still do, academic decathlon too, right? I was the academic decathlon coach for a good 10 years, so that was a non-sport event. Uh, no, I do not. Uh, I'm now the head boys soccer coach instead. Uh, I had to get it outside. That was an all inside uh, work, and I needed to get outside, and the only position open was the boys soccer coach, and I got it. So, well, in, uh, some part, in some parts of the world, they might consider that football. Yes. <laughs> thanks, hey, thanks, Bob. <laughs> so what, what would you like to ask Eric? Well, um, this weekend, uh, I lost my number two quarterback, or number, number two running back uh, in two leagues, uh, Eckler for the uh, Chargers. And um, my question is, um, I was wondering if I should pick up somebody in each of those leagues, because in one league, I have uh, Akers and Gibson as my backup on the bench, wondering if I should just stick with one of them or look for somebody else. And in the other league, um, I had McKinnon as Swift, 
as my backups. And my question is whether I should just stick with one of those guys as backups or maybe look up a, a better backup out there on the free agency market. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, in looking at this as what's going on this year, as I mentioned earlier, Chris, the, um, the Chargers, and it doesn't seem to matter who's running the ball. As your case, it was Eckler. But now that uh, he's being replaced by Josh Kelly, Josh Kelly was already their red zone back in terms of when they got down inside the five or 10 yard line, he was going to be the one scoring the touchdowns anyway. So he's still going to be doing that. Now he's going to be able to get you more yards. Uh, whether he gets the same kind of yards or numbers of yards that Eckler will, I don't know, but he's certainly a talented guy. Um, and then Dearness Johnson also replacing another guy, Nick Chubb, who a lot of fantasy owners lost as well. Um, now he's going to step in and start getting a lot of those carries that Nick Chubb was getting. Obviously, uh, Kareem Hunt's going to get some as well, but I think uh, Jaron uh, Johnson showed, um, you know, that he's got what it takes also to carry that load. So it looks like uh, there are, are some possibilities in your league uh, to pick up as backups? Yes. Uh, I don't know about Kelly. Um, I looked up and I think Jackson was available for the Chargers, but he's the number three. Um, I know that. Um, and Johnson, though, has, has been out there. So that might be a really good recommendation to pick up him. as a, well, the, uh, the other guy, too, is um, uh, Darnest. Um, I just forgot his name. We just talked we about him. We mentioned right? Gibson earlier. Yeah. And uh, I was, uh, oh, Darnest Johnson, uh, who came in for Chubb. Yeah, that's who you're talking about. Um, I, I think, you know, personally, that might not be a bad pickup. I mean, this is a guy I think was probably overlooked in most leagues, right? Chris, you said he was overlooked in your league? Uh, Ernest Johnson or Gibson? You're talking uh, about. No, Dearness Johnson. Oh, yeah, he's still out there. Johnson's still out there. I can pick him up. Um, Gibson, as I said, I already have Gibson. But uh, Kelly is already gone, so he's not out there. Yeah. Uh, so as much as I would like to pick him up to be my replacement for Eckler, I don't think I'm going to be able to get that. This, this all brings up an interesting question with backups. I mean, uh, due to the fact that, you know, uh, I guess, Eric, you can address this, that, you know, it seems the last few years there's been uh, a lot more emphasis put on wide receivers uh, in, in the draft. Uh, it seems like running backs, uh, what we had a, a running back wasn't picked till the second round, I think. And uh, it, it, it is, you think that's because of the explosion of the passing game? It's got to be. I mean, you think of all the, basically all of the league rule changes in the past, I don't know for how long, several years, five, 10 years have all been slanted toward helping the passing game. And so you got guys like, you know, you mentioned how uh, Antonio uh, Gibson, uh, you know, had a great game this past week. Well, Terry McLaurin, who I'd mentioned earlier going into this week, uh, again, had another productive game. And even though, you know, you know, the Washington Redskins maybe aren't winning, you got guys like McLaurin that are still producing in the passing game. And I think that's, you know, I wouldn't say the running backs necessarily are interchangeable, but when you pick, when you get an offensive line that's productive, like the Chargers or now like the Browns or like the Cowboys, whoever's running the ball is going to have a good day. Uh, it seems anyway, and has proven to be the case so far. So Chris, that answer your question for you? Yes, it does. Well, good Thank enough. You. Hey, th thanks for uh, joining us uh, on uh, Kramerandbrill.com and, and joining us for the segment of Ask the Quarterback and, and uh, keep playing fantasy football. No, thank you both. Thanks. All right, take care. Okay.
So if remember, if uh, you'd like to ask the quarterback, just email me at brillpro at gmail.com. That's brillpro at gmail.com. You can see it right there on your screen. And if we select you, we'll be in touch to bring you on the show next week. And email, again, right there on the bottom of the page, you'll uh, send us the email. We'll, we'll talk a little bit and get you on the show. So let's get right to this week's games, uh, Buccaneers and Bears. Tom Brady against your Bears and Nick Foles. It's all yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. The Colts, who also have a good defense, took the life out of the Bears this weekend, and Foles in particular. Um, now, the Bucs, again, they've got an upper-level defense as well, but I still look for the Bears' offense, uh, which has shown some signs of life this year to rebound. Uh, Allen Robinson still had a good game, very good game. Jimmy Graham's still going to produce. Uh, and the third guy might be Foles himself, who I think is going to rebound. And then Anthony Miller dropped a couple of passes, but I think he's, you know, he's always going to be there. Um, you know, he's a speed guy down the field and it's going to give them the potential to have some big plays as well. Well, I like Ronald Jones as a play here and Brady doesn't look great, but he looks serviceable. And I, I know we talked five touchdowns, but, you know, even without looking great, he did throw five touchdowns last week. And uh, I got to say, he's a start. Uh, consider picking up Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, this rookie running back is getting some playing time. So uh, he's definitely someone you want to keep an eye on, especially in dynasty leagues. Uh, Rams, Washington, the Rams looking good. Uh, should tear Washington apart. All the receivers are a play here as is Henderson for Washington. I still like Antonio Gibson, but that's about it. The Rams D is good. And if you need a kicker, Hopkins is worth a look. Washington doesn't score much. And so field goals are going to be in play a lot. Yeah. And again, I'll just go back to McLaurin. Um, here's a guy that's very talented and uh, you know, Haskins is now, I think, being given more rain in the passing game, and it showed up last week. Um, and even though they lost the game, they still put up good numbers. He did, especially in the passing game as far as yards go, and I think McLaurin also did. And uh, as you said with the Rams, uh, Goff is having such an extraordinary year. Even Boy, when he just huh? game, he still has a very good game. Bills and Titans, first COVID, uh, post-COVID game for uh, – let's try that again. First – Post-COVID game. Well, I don't know why I wrote that because it's pretty hard to say that for the Titans. So we just don't know about them to recommend anyone here. At least not enough. At least I don't. But I do say stick with Josh Allen, Diggs, and John Brown. I agree with you as far as the Bills go. This is a machine right now, offensively, defensively. I think, though, post-COVID means nothing for me when it comes to the Titans because they're still one of the better teams in the league. Um, and the four guys that are still producing and have for the beginning of the year, I think are still going to be there. And that's Tannehill, uh, Derrick Henry, Johnny Smith, and then Corey Davis down the field, the passing game. Eagle Steelers, again, a first post-COVID game for the Steelers, but I think they should be fine. I'd start anybody on this team for the Eagles. They're just a mess. They're just a real mess. Well, when you say they're a mess, they have been right up until last week. They go all the way across the country, play San Francisco, Going out there, they had no confidence. You heard uh, um, uh, Pearson talking about, or uh, yeah, uh, Pearson, the head coach, talking about after the game. And I think the guy who has still got a fire in him is Carson Wentz. And it may not look pretty at this point, but he willed that team to win the game. And uh, he can do it running. He can do it passing the ball. And even though he's a little off key right now, I think over time he's still going to battle himself back. And Urson Goddard, Tight end-wise, they're still the best tandem in the league. The only thing I didn't like about that game, and, and uh, you're right, I mean, uh, he did will them back. I mean, it was like uh, they every time they got the ball, they were hoping for a 
second or third inches because you knew what was going to happen and he was going to get it. Is they played a team that was just beat up. Team was missing. San Francisco's missing so many players on offense and defense. But but you know they should have. I thought they should have played better than they did. At least well, no did. doubt. I mean they you know San Francisco the last two weeks have played and stayed in New York to play both the Jets and the Giants. Then they come back home where you think they'd be dominant and they don't get the job done. And, and that's, I think, a testament to how good the Eagles played. Their backs are up against the wall facing an 0 for start, and yet they go all the way across the country and win. This week, all they're doing is going across the state of Pennsylvania, and I think they're going to give the Steelers a better game than most people think. Cardinals and Jets. Kyler Murray coming into his own, but the Jets are not. Not much to like here on either team. I do like Crowder on the Jets and, of course, DeAndre Hopkins. Well, and I think, you know, even though last week the Cardinals lost the game, Kyler Murray still produces in the running game. He, th- he didn't throw for a lot of yards, but he still threw uh, three touchdown passes, and he's always a threat. He's not a guy that – if I had him on my team, I'm never going to sit him uh, against any team because he gives a, an added dimension – um, not only in the passing game, but that added dimension he brings to the running game is phenomenal. Now, the Raiders and Chiefs, uh, this is an interesting matchup. Uh, you know, almost anybody in either of these teams is going to get your points. So uh, pretty much it's wide open here. Yeah, and like, you know, uh, obviously I love Darren Waller as far as the tight end goes with the Raiders, but they have so many more weapons. And, uh, you know, um, Derek Carr's playing well, and Josh Jacobs is running the ball well, and Henry Ruggs is an option down the field. So, again, the Chiefs have weapons. So do the Raiders. This should be a high-scoring affair. Jaguars, Texans. (laughs) This game's an enigma. James Robinson looks like a safe bet for Jacksonville, but I'm not sure which way the Texans are going. I'd like to really recommend Deshaun Watson here, and maybe this is the week, but coming off 0-4, Eric, I, you know, I'm not sure his confidence is there to take this team off that losing streak. I do like Will Fuller, who has been consistent. David Johnson just does not inspire me. Uh, if they can't put it together this week, I think the, against the Jags, I think they could pack it in for the season. Isn't it interesting that Jacksonville, who started out white hot, and now really uh, it's, uh, it's just the rookie running back, uh, Robinson, who seems to be the consistent guy week in, week out for them. And then, as you said, with the Texans, I think Deshaun Watson, he's got to show now what Carson Wentz has shown, that even though everything else is going haywire, they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, I'm sure was not a popular decision, certainly with anybody in Houston, especially Deshaun Watson. But I think that's where he's got to come out and show what he's made of. And he has so far. To me, he's an excellent fantasy football uh, option this year at quarterback. And I think he's going to continue to be not only because he can pass the ball so well and he's got such a good sense of timing and rhythm, but he runs the ball and also is produces in, in, in that way as well. You know, I, looking at uh, your position from being a former NFL quarterback and your team's 0 and 4, uh, and there, let's put you in the you, know, you put you in, in I've been there uh, before. Yeah, exactly. Uh, put you in Deshaun Watson's position. What's your confidence like? I mean, is it shattered to the point where, you know, um, you really can't recover from this unless something happens? Or do you, obviously you just try to plow through it and get better, but what's your mindset at this point? Well, I think this is why you, you know, me getting to the NFL was a grind and not an easy path. Uh, Deshaun Watson's path to the NFL was much different, but I think there's, you're always going to encounter uh, some flaws and some setbacks and 
it's at those times where you have to really rely on who you are as a person to get you through. And the reason the Houston Texans are 0-4 is not Deshaun Watson. It's a lot of other factors. So I think if Deshaun just keeps playing the way he is, they're going to keep continuing to play well. He is. And then now you've got to do those little things, whether it's a, a short dirt, third down or scrambling for a first down, some way to get the ball down the field and continue to move the chains, continue to stay on the field and give yourself chances to score. And I think that's what Deshaun Watson has shown he's always been about. It doesn't matter if it's college or the pros. That's just basically who he is. Let's take a look at Bengals and Ravens. You got two words here, Joe Mixon. It's up to the Ravens to stop him. And if they don't, they still got enough firepower to put Lamar Jackson and company over the top. So this could be a long day for Joe Burrow. Well, I, I was about to say the other Joe in this game that I would rely on is Joe Burrow. He has looked flawless this year. And I mean, every single game he's come out and, and just looked, I would say, relaxed, in rhythm, poised. He makes throws that not a lot of other rookie quarterbacks are making and makes them effortlessly, or so it seems. And that's why I think Joe Mixon is such a play is because it's taking the pressure off of him. No one's loading up the box. They got to stop that passing game. And that's what's given Joe Mixon the room to run along with an excellent line that is developing. They're not basically what the Browns are talent wise, but they have a good scheme. Zach Taylor's done a great job. I think of implementing what his experience has taught him over the years and they're executing right now offensively. Panthers and Falcons. And I can recommend Robbie Anderson for the Panthers, but for me, that's about it. Falcons, they're a points machine for fantasy. So no matter what their record, Ridley, Ryan, just they're for starters. That's that's you go down the right path. With well, yeah, and I would say that I would, I would, because the Falcons offensively are a machine, but defensively, they're not a machine. In fact, they've given up a ton of points fantasy-wise to a lot of teams. And I think the Panthers now are kind of hitting their stride offensively, even though they're doing it with backups like Mike Davis. But Teddy Bridgewater finally is starting to come in and be more consistent. I think he's a guy that's just now hitting his stride. And I would definitely play uh, both of those guys in this game if I got the Panthers. You know, you may, you may make me a Teddy Bridgewater fan at some point uh, yet. I know. Well, Teddy Bridgewater is <laughs> making me a fan. So he's, if, if you become a fan, it's because Teddy Bridgewater is doing the job. Well, Dolphins at 49ers. Fitzpatrick looks solid for the Dolphins, but no touchdowns last week and two picks just ain't going to cut it again, at least not for fantasy. He salvaged an okay day, had a rushing touchdown. If it were not for Devontae Parker, I don't think there would be any offense here. I do like Parker, by the way. Yeah, and I think this is a great game for the 49ers. Again, at home, Dolphins have to go across the country now. And I think that uh, Nick Mullins will get back on track. Of course, he's got a great tight end in, in um, uh, uh, what's his name? The tight end from Iowa. Uh, for, I'm like a blank on him. 85. Oh, uh, Kittle. Kittle, right. So, uh, yeah, I think you've got the best tight end in the game. Mullins has shown he can play and obviously you got a running game that even though, you know, most of it's been down, they still got a plenty of guys that can fill in and play. And I think that's why they rebound this week against Miami. You know, Kittle's probably going to slap you for getting, for forgetting his name. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, seems uh, like a good guy. I doubt that's going to happen. Personal note here, my, he, uh, my wife's team was playing and they were a little bit behind and Kittle was the only guy on the other team left to play. And she looks, she goes, Oh, why Kittle? Catch, catch, like catch, catch. <laughs> right. 
Giants, Cowboys. Giants looked like they were going to turn it around against the Rams, but Daniel Jones looked like the second-year rookie at, at some times, key times. I think Devonta Freeman is going to be the lead back here. So if you don't have him and he's available, grab him, start him. Wayne Gallman might be a good handcuff. I still like uh, Slayton, and it's a boomer bust scenario for him. But uh, for the boys, Gallup might be soon replaced by Cedric Wilson, who I do like. Even with a fumble to his credit, Zeke scored 20 fantasy points, and CeeDee Lamb's a player. I love him in all leagues, especially dynasty leagues. Well, and I think, okay, just to talk about the Cowboys for a second, Dak Prescott, uh, I think has really, I mean, the, these last few weeks, really every game this year, has, has shown that, uh, you know, fantasy owners can rely on him. He's He is making the most of not just the weapons around him, but I think the offensive line has come in and played great for him. Uh, they've opened holes in the running game. Zeke Elliott uh, benefited from that as well. As you mentioned, everybody that is a weapon in Dallas is producing primarily because of Zach Prescott and that offensive line. Yeah, he has been really, really coming on. I mean, uh, again, I refer to my, my wife's team. That's uh, her lead guy, you know, and she keeps asking me, should I start? I ride him. You got to ride him. He scored uh, in our league because it's a heavy quarterback league. Uh, he scored 61 points a week before he scored 49. So, yeah, you got to ride this guy. Yeah. Uh, Colts and Browns. This game is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So watch the injury wires with Nick Chubb. He went down early. And that means to Ernest Johnson, who we talked about earlier, is a pickup. 95 yards rushing. Uh, Beckham now looks to be the go-to Baker Mayfield guy we thought he was going to be. And based on last week's performance, there isn't really, for me, an indie player I can suggest. And I think you're right. I think offensively, the Colts now have identified themselves as we're going to ride this defense. We're going to, you know, run the ball effectively that like Jonathan Taylor has. They may not score a lot of points, but they played the Bears defense last week. Right. So the Browns defense isn't the Bears defense. So I think, uh, you know, the Colts may produce more points, but it's really hard to tell who's going to be doing it. And I think, uh, you know, the Browns, though, have really shown me that. They're going to score points and running the ball. They're going to be fantastic defensively. They're now picking their game up, passing the game, passing the ball. They're going to be effective. They might not get great fantasy points. It's kind of a roll of dice. Who's going to be the guy? Will it be Beckham? Will it be Landry? Will it be their tight ends? I think, uh, you know, because right now it's hard to tell offensively, it's hard to pick a balanced player to bank on in fantasy football. Broncos Patriots, loving Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick all day long. Melvin Gordon, he's the man on the ground. Brett Rippon, despite three picks, looked decent. Now, I don't think I'd go out and buy him. I wouldn't rush to do that, at least not in Denver, because you never know what the quarterback's going to be or who's going to be or who they're going to pick up off the street. Yeah, and I think this week, especially against the Patriots, you know, even though the Patriots are going to be coming off a short week, haven't played on Monday night, you know, Belichick, they're at home. He can devise a defense that seems to slow down pretty much anybody. And as you said, Brett Rippon, to me, showed me he's going to be a good quarterback, a very good quarterback in this league. But this is only week two for him as a starter. And so I think he's going to continue maybe to, to make some throws he maybe wish he would have had back. But that's the kind of thing that's going to hurt you in terms of fantasy when you have the interception. You can't really take it back once it's made. 
Viking Seahawks, both Thielen and Jefferson, solid starts, along with uh, Cook and Cousins. Uh, for the Seahawks, Chris Carson came back sooner than expected, had 80 yards, also had three catches, so I'd ride him. And, of course, Wilson, Metcalf, and Lockett are starters. David Moore quietly coming along as well, so he's a definite consideration if you can get him. Now, it's a crowded receiving core, but in deeper leagues, that's someone you may want to keep an eye on. Think about this for a second. When's the last time we said about the Seattle Seahawks, that they had all of these weapons offensively. Never. All healthy. So, right, they've been a great defense over the years, a, cons- a, a consistent and solid running game. But now it's Russell Wilson throwing the ball all over the place. And as you said, here comes David Moore. No one's ever heard of. But Metcalf and Lockett are obviously great targets. And then Wilson himself is a dual threat guy that can run it and throw it. So that's uh, the Seahawks are loaded. Uh, but as you said, also the Vikings, in my opinion, just watching them play, Cousins is consistent. Now their offense is kind of settling in and relying on him to make plays and be a little bit more creative, as announcers have talked about from week to week. And he's showing he can do that. And I think that's why I like everyone on the Vikings offense as well. Now, the Vikings defense has been really inconsistent, though. I think uh, that, that opens up a lot more for Seattle, unless, unless the Vikings defense comes to play this week. I agree with you. And that's going to be, and has been so far why the Vikings, um, you know, haven't had maybe the season that they anticipated they would. Uh, They've got good players on defense, but they just as a unit have not put it together yet. Charger Saints. Now I do like Herbert, but he's still learning. And I think he's going to get schooled this week watching Drew Brees. Eckler got hurt. He'll be out four to six weeks. So look at Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson. Uh, Jalen Guyton had a 72-yard touchdown catch on only one target. So he might be iffy there. That may excite you when you look at the waiver wires and stuff, but uh, you know, be careful there. Emmanuel Sanders finally getting going for the Saints. Murray is a good insurance handcuff for Camara at this point. Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, Herbert all along, even from the, what, 15 seconds before he knew he was going to start to the time he started in that first uh, game that he played, uh, I think he continues week after week. Hell, he had the shootout with uh, Tom Brady. So I think Drew Brees, it's going to be an education, obviously, for him and probably leading up to this game. But once a game starts, it's all about what he does as a quarterback for the Chargers. And so far, he's been, in my opinion, outstanding especially getting his first you know few games here as a rookie and again they're one of the better offenses and defenses in this league and I think offensively you owe a lot of that to the offensive line in the way they've meshed and played together and obviously the way they call plays has been spectacular and there you have it Kramer and Brill fantasy football podcast now video cast as well now you can hear the podcast on iTunes Stitcher Lipsum radio.com and wherever you get your podcasts and now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at Kramerandbrill.com. that's the easiest way to do it and don't forget about our brand new feature ask the quarterback each week we will select a fan who writes in to ask Eric a fantasy football related question we'll bring the fan onto the video podcast ask the question directly you can be that fan all you have to do is simply email us at grillpro at gmail.com that's grillpro at gmail.com thanks for joining us see you next time